Welcome to the Youth Ministry Training Podcast. Today, we'll be hearing from Tyler Sullivan on the subject, Messages That Are Memorable. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, it's Josh Carson with UPCI Youth Ministries. Thanks for taking time to tune in to the Youth Ministries Training Call. We're excited to have you along for this night. This is going to be a great call with my friend Tyler Sullivan, talking about something that affects almost everybody that listens in. Now, some of you have to speak publicly more than others, but regardless, almost everybody in youth ministry is tasked at some point, whether it's monthly or for some of you weekly, on speaking a message. In in doing that, we want to know how to speak in a way that's effective. Tyler Sullivan is going to speak about messages that are memorable. Before we get to that, I want to say we're delighted about the things taking place in the major ministries of UPCI Youth. We are certainly thankful that Apostolic Youth Corps trips have begun with trips to Chicago and Botswana underway and a trip to Japan starting later this week. Continue to keep all of our staff and the members that are going to be participating in your prayers and that God would do an amazing thing across North America and across the globe as these trips take place. Have you got your registration badges for North American Youth Congress? Don't worry if they haven't come yet, they are on the way. Now, if you haven't ordered yet, you've still got time. You've got time to join the 36,000 others of us who are already made our plans to be there. And we hope that you're doing just that and making those plans. If you haven't yet bought your afterburner tickets or your hyphen late night tickets, we want you to go ahead and secure those. They're going extremely fast and there are no guarantees that there will still be tickets left for those late night events once you get on site. Before we go to uh, our, our speaker tonight, I want us to take a moment and pray. I want us to ask that God would help us. I want you to join with me and just pray that God would prepare your heart and your mind so that you could be ready to receive. And then after we pray and before he starts speaking, you might want to press the pause button and grab a pen and a piece of paper so you can take down some of these great nuggets shared by our friend Tyler tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the incredible opportunity of being involved in youth ministry. Thank you for these great listeners and these individuals who are working so hard to be effective, helping to educate and engage apostolic youth and young adults in who they are and how they themselves can be engaged in the mission and in the kingdom of God. We pray that you'd speak to us as we listen, help it to lodge in our hearts and in our minds and help us to be effective communicators to those that we have the great privilege of leading and speaking to. We ask it all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Wherever you're at, let the church say amen. <laughs> Tyler Sullivan, uh, he was born in 85 in Modesto, California. Some of you are thinking, wow, he's young. Others of you are thinking, wow, that guy's getting old. Isn't that something how youth ministry really works? The longer I'm in it, uh, funnier it seems that the youth workers are getting younger. But the truth is, I'm just getting older. Tyler spent his early years in North, Car North Carolina and Mississippi until around 1990. His family returned west and planted a missions church in Paradise, California. What a name. I've been there. It is a paradise-like place. It was here that Brother Sullivan received his call to preach, and his life was changed forever. Sixteen years later, his family moved to Citrus Heights, California, and at the age of 23, he began to evangelize. 
He now serves as the senior associate pastor for First Apostolic in Citrus Heights, and he served on the WD Youth Committee for uh, several years now, reaching back to 2012. He's one of our most tenured youth presidents on the General Youth Committee. He is an incredible uh, speaker. For those of you that have heard him nationally, you know he is a tremendous speaker, a powerful and passionate preacher. He loves spending time with friends and family. He's an extremely funny guy. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, you're going to enjoy the next little while getting to hear uh, our friend and uh, veteran youth worker, Tyler Sullivan. Tyler, thanks for taking the time, man. Uh, just kind of speak to us about messages that are memorable tonight. Well, thank you, Brother Carson, for the honor to be on this podcast today. Give honor to you and all of you at uh, Youth Ministries, UPCI, and uh, honored to be doing this call on uh, memorable sermons today. And I, I love listening to preaching, and uh, I just love preaching in general. Um, growing up in a pastor's home, obviously, I heard it my whole life, and uh, faith preaching, conviction preaching, uh, vision preaching, teaching. Uh, we're saved by preaching, and our ultimate goal ought to be to to push and move young people and young adults closer to God so that they want to live a godly life and they want to be more Christ-like and be a reflection of His glory. And I, I remember... Uh, falling in love with preaching and being drawn to the uh, the powerful words that would come from the pulpit at a young age. Uh, as a young person, these these messages were life changing to me. And and when I when I really started to let it become a part of me was when I was around uh, 18 years old, and I, I had a paper out and. My dad uh, had a box of preaching tapes from different preachers, and I would get up around three in the morning to go and do my paper route, and I would take that box of tapes with me, and I would, while I would throw out papers, I would listen to preaching over and over and over while I threw out, uh, <clears throat> threw out newspapers. And uh, all night long, at around six in the morning, I would turn on the radio to KCJH, which is still uh, Christian Life Center's radio station in Stockton, and uh, and Kenneth Haney would come on, and he would preach for about 15 minutes or so, and and I tried to time my paper out so that I would be finishing up around that time, and uh, that was the way I would typically start the day. Uh, but I on, on this paper route, I, I began to fall in love with preaching. Um, just in a strong way, and my I would listen to messages, different ones my dad had preached on the Sunday before, the Wednesday before, whatever. But I would just listen as much as I could to any any preaching I could get my hands on. And uh, as a young person, thinking back now, there were so many messages that were memorable and impacted my life uh, in a great way. And if you're if you're a youth worker, you or and you grew up in the church, you probably remember those first messages that you heard that you'll never forget, and they just impacted your life. But my first youth convention was in 1998 in Bakersfield at the convention center, and Jack Cunningham was the speaker that year. 
I was 12 years old. I hadn't really paid too much attention to preaching up to that point. You know, just a, uh, a typical PK who couldn't wait for his dad to get done preaching on Sunday so we could go out to eat. But I, I vividly remember convention that year, and I, I remember feeling conviction like I never had before. Jack Cunningham was the preacher, and I recently found the tapes of that convention, and I pulled out the message that he preached on that Wednesday night called Hell Wants You. And I remember I, I just couldn't get down to the altar fast enough, and I, I just stayed at the altar till everybody else was gone, and just a monumental moment in my life, remembering that message uh, as my first youth convention message. And it was a special moment uh, in my life. And it was those messages that shaped me and formed me as a young person. I mean, you can go down the list of some memorable messages that I heard growing up as a young person, whether it be at youth convention or senior camp or whatever district or sectional event it was. Um, Jerry Jones and then had a friend or Scott Graham. It was funny on one of the nights of our youth convention, Scott Graham preached a series of messages from the same scriptures each night. And it was just called Samson's revival plan preached it four nights each night, focusing on uh, Samson and uh, Tom Trimble uh, preached a message at uh, youth convention one year, Jesus, the devil and Disney world. He called it. Um, I would listen to people like JT Pugh, something better than heaven or Doug white uh, echoes of my sermons and the liberties and limitations of a prophet or Merle Ewing preaching one at youth convention one year called Saturday's heroes. And uh, what I remember was these men who were preaching to me as a young person could always seem to draw something out of the word that I had never heard before, and and it, and it challenged me. And I uh, I'll never forget those uh, to this day. One of the messages uh, that I just mentioned, Saturday's Heroes. The outline of the message basically Norman Rockwell painted a painting. Uh, years ago, and I guess you could put this under the category today of uh, illustrations, uh, just a brilliant illustration uh, for his message, and he took the context of his message out of a painting uh, called Saturday's Heroes by Norman Rockwell, and it's a painting of a little guy and a bigger guy out there on the football field. It's just them two. It's not even a football field. It's just a, it's just a, uh, a place where there's weeds growing, kind of uh, just some sandlot football. And just, and this little, this little guy finally tackles this big guy. And it, it just doesn't make much sense in the painting, except for the fact that it speaks that, man, this little guy has had to have tried to tackle this big guy for so long. And on that day, when he tackles him, there were no spectators. There's no band. There's no applause. And when he jumps up from tackling the guy, and Merle Ewing tells it in a way that only Merle Ewing could tell it, but when he jumps up from tackling the guy, it's just the weeds blowing in the wind. There's no spectators, there's no crowd, there's no applause. And, you know, uh, 
every time they went out into this field, they probably imagined they're in a big stadium and they're in a, they're in a, you know, thousands of people, but there's just, at the end of the day, there's really nobody there on this day that this little guy had finally been able to tackle this big guy. And the whole context of his message was Saturday's heroes get it done when nobody's looking and nobody else is around. And his greatest moment of victory was when nobody saw it. And as youth workers and young adult workers, you're probably not going to preach your greatest messages in front of thousands. You're probably not going to preach your greatest messages in front of the uh, entire church. Your greatest messages are probably going to be preached on your one-on-one -on -one time with a young person. It may be in a youth service. It may be in a setting like that. But the greatest messages you're going to preach and the greatest impact you're going to have in talking to a young person or young adult, uh, it's not going to be when anybody sees it. It's not going to be when anybody's going to give you any applause. It's not going to be when any of that's happening. But it's just going to be when there's weeds waving in the wind. And the real Saturday's heroes of youth ministry are the ones that get out there and the ones that preach to the young people when there's nobody telling them how great they are, when there's nobody clapping their hands, great job, youth pastor, young adult worker. No, it's going to be the ones, Saturday's heroes are the ones when there's no accolades or applause. So, you know, if you're talking about illustrations, things you can use for developing a message for young people, I mean, there's so many great things. Uh, and I found that a lot of good illustrations come when I'm least expecting them and not when I go looking for them. But, you know, as ministers, you've got to be constantly reading. You've got to constantly be looking for uh, different avenues of things. I like to read a lot of history. So naturally, I'll get a lot of examples from there. But uh, uh, I'm working on a message right now called Places You Least Expect. I remember uh, coming across a story several years ago when I was uh, listening to a man named Paul Harvey that may date me some, but man, if you listen to Paul Harvey, you can get some great, great stories. And uh, it was about a man named Dr. Harris who saw an odd looking barn in an English village on the outskirts of London. And he went inside and looked at the roof and saw that the timbers and beams were actually uh, the keel of an old ship uh, on the on the roof there. And, and it wasn't uncommon because farmers would buy old ships for construction because they were built from the best wood in the land. And, th and this barn had, had stood there for over 300 years. And when Dr. Harris began to examine the wood, he noticed some initials on one of the beams. And as it turned out, this ship had been a cargo ship that had carried freight between England and France for many years. But it's most remembered for a side trip that it made, and that was a side trip that linked England's past with our future. And now the timbers of an old barn had once been what changed history because that ship, uh, that was the, uh, the ship that the barn was made out of was the Mayflower. And, you know, you could, you could preach that to young people. So much of unused potential in the church today lies in places we least expect. You, you can go off stuff like that. But I mean, there's so many different places and ways you can get illustrations. I mean, there's no particular website that I use, or there's nothing really that I can go to like constantly, but I'm always just on the lookout for something to, uh, to just say, Hey, this could, this could really relate with young people or young adults here. 
Um, man, and studying for the message you're going to preach, uh, you know, if you're really serious about youth ministry and young adult ministry, you're going to devote time to it. I know we're all busy and we all lead busy lives, but young people and young adults can tell when you have or have not uh, studied. And, you know, talking about study habits and how many hours might go into uh, an average message, something Tom Foster said years ago that stuck with me. Uh, as far as a formula for developing a message would be uh, this. I've never forgotten it. He said, number one, pray it down. Number two, study it in. And number three, preach it out. And if you're talking about study habits, I mean, it, it all depends, I, I guess, on what uh, the, the, the format you're going to be. If you're preaching to the church, if you're preaching to young people, I mean, uh, typically I'll try to, if I'm preaching to the church, go uh, study at least six, seven hours uh, to putting together a message, sometimes much longer than that. Sometimes it's a couple days, just depending on what I want to say. But uh, man, spray it down, study it in, and preach it out. And don't just read the word to get a message. Don't just read uh, scripture, just looking for a message. I mean, things will jump out at you. Things will pop out of you as you read the word, but you know, you got to read the word for your relationship uh, between you and God. But at the same time, there's always that element that you kind of uh, just maybe, maybe look for Wait, I've never seen that there before. And I've never read it that way before. And that's jumping out at me right now. So just constantly be on the lookout for, uh, for different things. And that kind of goes along with that. Uh, Attention spans. Uh, if you've studied and you've uh, put all this time into making this message, how how do you keep uh, the attention span of young people these days? Since uh, man, they seem to be a lot shorter than they used to be. I've found that man, if you be real and intentional with young people and young adults as you're preaching to them then you can maintain their attention a lot easier. If you're being transparent with them and you're saying, okay, man, I'm going through this and I know that some of you are going to be facing this as well. You will have their attention the entire time while you are speaking. And, I, and of course, you know, there's some ways to maintain attention, of course, with visuals and these can really help in keeping the focus on your message. But, you know, whether it's something physical, you're holding in your hand, a stationary object, whatever. But, be intentional about what you're preaching. Uh, don't expect young people to stay with you if you haven't studied and put the time into it. Don't be so, uh, you know, one, one of my things that I struggle with personally is uh, I, I like to type out my notes when I'm preaching. I like to type them out because I have that fear of, man, what if I forget what I need to say? And so one of my biggest struggles is um, is, man, I need to get away from these notes and I need to actually just follow what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. You know, so don't be so note bound that you have to stay in the pulpit all the time. Walk around as you're preaching to the young people. Walk around, feel out the crowd, make eye contact with them. Let them know, hey, I, I'm, I know where you're at. I know what you, what's going on. I know what you're going through. Let them know what's happening. And, you know, you feel this and uh, just connect with them. And don't be so note bound that you cannot uh, move from the pulpit to 
impact uh, them right where they're at. And so, uh, man, there are so many things and so many messages that are memorable to me as a young person, but these are just a few things that I jotted down some notes, and I hopefully these, uh, hopefully what I've said today might help some of you who are, you know, trying to uh, better yourself in preaching or trying to, man, what can I listen to? What can I read? What can I do to make myself that much better of a preacher to young people, speaker to young people, teacher to young people uh, in my life? So, Brother Ranking, I'm going to uh, just yield the floor back to you. And uh, if you have any yes, sir. questions. Thank you, Brother Tyler. I appreciate your time and investment in uh, capturing these thoughts. And as you were going through some of those memorable messages and uh, the messengers of those sermons, I re was recalling many of them with you. Um, obviously not. I wasn't I didn't grow up in the Western District or at the at that Bakersfield Youth Convention. But some of those uh, stories you're referencing and sermon titles, I'm right there with you. Um, so I love the line that you said about um, our greatest messages might not be preached in front of thousands or the entire church congregation, but in those, you know, uh, that your life should be preaching. But we do understand that there are that there are times that we, the teenagers, remember those occasions of preaching. And so, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think one thing that I'd love just to to kind of quiz you about a little bit is. What do you what do you think it is? Do you think it's more the, the setting that a person is in, like whatever season they're in? I, I mean, I have friends who reference some youth congress messages. Of course, those are larger audiences or youth camps. And they can say, I remember what he was preaching. Um, and that's when I accepted my call. Or this is when I received the Holy Ghost and he was preaching this. Um, or is it the story? What do you think is the strongest, the strongest point of what? What makes things memorable for us? Maybe not at that moment, but later on. Which one of those? Maybe maybe is it the story? Is it the season that somebody's in, or maybe even the, the setting that they're at? Well, I was going to say you said it. Sometimes I think it is the season that a person is in. They may be, you know, looking for answers to something that's going on in their life, or they may be struggling with, man, do I want to commit myself to this? Do I want to uh, commit myself to the time, to the call, to all of this? Because we've heard it preached so often before, take up your cross, sell everything you have and, you know, follow me. And we, we kind of we tie that sacrifice element to accepting the call, which there has to be that. But I think that what would make something memorable is... Uh, being intentionally apostolic when it's being preached, and we have to we have to be apostolic, of course, but being intentionally apostolic to the generation that we are uh, a part of right now, uh, I think is going to say, hey, these are things we can never negotiate on; these are things we can never back up on. And I mean, if we're going to be intentionally apostolic that I think, man, that would, that would set something and make us want to reach for something if we're wanting or struggling or thinking about accepting the call. Hey, okay. They're saying this from the pulpit. I, I, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that in my life. Okay. They're, they're saying that and this, these are must, these are absolutes. And so 
I'm going to adapt my life to be that. And I think what would make it memorable is just, man, that moment of decision when they say, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to accept the call. And of course, none of us and still some of us, myself included, you know, still struggle to preach sometimes. And it's just uh, you're never going to arrive. I guess you can say it like that. But it's just step by step. I don't know if that makes sense or sure. if, if that's uh, yeah. if, if that kind of answers it. Absolutely. I think it does. I think it gives people uh, something to think about and and how to analyze that in their own in their own life. And I loved I think the point I like about that is that the season that a, that a youth or a young adult is in, that that's what makes the message memorable. And I think I think you and I would agree that we're, the goal isn't. The goal isn't just let me make this message memorable, but let me make the content to where they'll never forget, not not what my voice inflection was like, but they will never forget that man or that young lady when they preached that message, I knew exactly where they stood. I knew exactly, um, you know, what they were and what they were telling me. So if I'm going through a difficult time, they were pointing me to Jesus Christ. They weren't pointing me to their personality and they weren't pointing me just to how many camps they had spoken and how many messages we all knew about. But it was what they were standing for in those messages, I think, that makes those messages memorable. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, when, when you're when you're preaching to a young person or young adult, I mean, you have to be on their level and you have to relate to them and that type of a thing. But at the same time, you've also got to make them reach for more. There's got to be something they're reaching for. There's got to be something that says, wait a minute, this is stirring me on the inside. And like I said, our goal of preaching has got to be to draw people closer to God. But we got to preach it in a way where it stirs something on the inside of them. To where you're at their level and you're talking to them on their level, but at the same time, you're not leaving them there, but you're trying to draw them up to something higher. You're trying to, not, you're not dumbing down the word, but you're making them reach for something and not just leaving them where they're at. Absolutely. I like it. So uh, just very quickly, one last question before we turn this over to Brother Thomas with some announcements and to close out the, uh, the the podcast with uh, with some prayers. I want to ask you how do you how do you personally make sure that you're balancing um, that you're not overusing an illustration as far as this message is now more about the illustration than it is actually what I'm the point I'm trying to get across. How do you how do you personally make sure you check that? Like okay, I'm, I'm talking way too much about this. I'm not referencing scripture enough. Do you kind of have some kind of guideline or do you just, 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 I'd be interested in what, what you do. You know, I, whenever I'm preaching something, of course, illustrations are going to help and that kind of thing. And I think it's easy sometimes when we're preaching to young adults and youth to kind of get sidetracked and sometimes go off on tangents, whether it be social media or uh, what, whatever it may be, because it seems like that's an easier road to take sometimes. But at the same time, me personally, I have a hard time <laughs> preaching against something or preaching for something when I don't have 
scripture to back it up. So if I'm going to tell a young person something, or if I'm going to tell a young adult something, I'm going to tell them, but I'm also going to give them the why. Okay, this is why I'm saying this to you. This is why I'm preaching this to you tonight. I mean, it's not just going to be because this is something that I feel or this is something that, you know, I'm strong on or whatever the case may be. But you've got to have you've got to have that balance to where you say, this is why we do what we do. Okay, this is why I'm saying what I'm saying. Study to show yourself approved. I mean, if you're going to preach something, it better be biblical and it needs to be uh, uh, something that they are going to understand. Wait a minute. This is scripture. And I've got to I've got to tell them that, man, this is this is why we take the stance we take. I don't know. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think it does. I think, you know, your your point is you're not just trying to share a great viewpoint or talk on some hot topic just for the sake of saying I've talked about it or that I've told you this great story. But I'm telling you what I what I believe from Scripture. And here's a story to help you understand how it's happening in your culture. Or here's a story to just like the reference to the Norman Rockwell painting that you talked about, um, you know, from that message that you were talking about Saturday's heroes. Um, That's the perfect, you know, the the point isn't to talk about how great Norman Rockwell's painting was, but that shows the point of you win your battles when nobody's watching and you use the story of David or something, you know, when nobody was watching, he was winning his battles. Absolutely. So anyhow, now, now, now we're all excited to go preach. Even if we don't have a place to preach, (laughs) we're all, we're all excited now after uh, listening to this podcast. Thank you again so much, brother Sullivan, for taking time to talk to us today about memorable messages. We appreciate you and your investment into youth workers across North America, man. We appreciate you so much. And we are going to, absolutely. Thanks, Tyler. We're going to turn this uh, podcast over to our director of promotion, Michael Thomas, and he's going to close it out for us. Thank you, Brother Sullivan, for sharing with us today your insight on how messages can be memorable. Really appreciate the information you share with us today. As you all know, youth camp season is upon us, and this is an exciting time. Hopefully, you and your students are preparing to participate and attend uh, your district-sponsored youth camp. Um, We look forward to hearing all the great reports that no doubt we're going to uh, be receiving over the next few weeks as youth camp seasons happen all across North America. And uh, with summer usually comes a summer crunch as youth workers and youth pastors. So if you're feeling that crunch of trying to prepare your lessons or prepare what you're going to teach throughout the rest of the summer, let me just encourage you to head over to the community.com. That's the C-O-M-M-U-N-E dash I-T-Y, kind of different, but the community.com and check out our free resources. On there, we have over 1,700 downloadable lessons, games, and activities that you can utilize as you are facing the crunch of summer. Hopefully, this will help some of you out there who are wondering, what in the world am I going to teach next week or what I'm going to teach through the month of July? So be sure to head over to thecommunity.com and check out this absolutely free resource. And now we're going to close this podcast with prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the wonderful information that we've received today. God, I pray that we would take 
what we've received and we would practice it. God, I pray you help us as youth workers, Lord, to constantly be engaged in bettering ourselves and being sure that we're delivering the life-altering and life-giving message of truth that we find in the Word of God. Bless every youth worker and youth leader that listens to this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening in today. And once again, this podcast is made possible by your generous giving to She's for Christ.